Blog Talk Radio. With your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mikey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your day. Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football, as always, joined by my big blue buddy here, my co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, it's uh, Patino versus Calipari, Louisville versus Kentucky, Battle of the Bluegrass, Red vs. Blue, Cats and Dogs, everything's going crazy. Yeah, I tell you what, Scott, you know, I can't remember uh, in the years that we've done uh, Red versus Blue, I can never remember sitting down here at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday doing a show. And this is great, man. This is going to be it's – it's, it's a lot of fun for, uh, for the state, uh, the city of Louisville, uh, city of Lexington, uh, the state. More importantly, really, the entire nation. I mean, the eyes are on this game. That's why it's – in the time slot it is. There really is a deep appreciation, uh, a respect at least, between both squads, Louisville and Kentucky. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is a, a special 3 o'clock edition of Red versus Blue. Uh, probably everybody's still at work uh, during normal uh, – our, our normal fans and normal listeners are probably going to have to listen to the replay. Uh, but, yeah, this is, this is big, Mike. Red versus Blue, college basketball on the national stage, not just the local stage – where the rivalry has always existed. Now, granted, we did have a Final Four game with a young Louisville squad and a very talented uh, Kentucky squad with John Wall and all the likes, but this game is a a little different. I think the fans are more emotionally connected to these two teams than they were to those two teams. Do you agree with that assessment? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, First off, you have Louisville that, uh, you know, they've got uh, Russ Smith who came back for a senior year, uh, which ended up being a great move and a very uh, admirable move. Uh, and, you know, he's kind of got that team connected with uh, Luke Hancock and the, and the maturation of uh, Montrezl Harrell. Then you got the, the Kentucky squad, which uh, has been an enigma up until about two weeks ago. So, uh, you know, I think both fan bases have kind of fallen in love in different ways to their teams. And it's become, 
it's become quite a different uh, a different road to the uh, to where we're at right now. And where we're at right now is a chance to go to the Elite Eight. And uh, who would have thought? Well, you know, the NCAA committee didn't think it, or it wouldn't be a four against an eight. <laughs> Yeah, it is. That's that's an interesting side note. The uh, the four versus eight, the uh, uh, four versus eight seeding for both teams. We both felt like we were underseeded in the Midwest tournament. Kind of unfair to a team that was so good like Wichita State to see that they would have to play probably a Louisville or a Kentucky in those matchups. And sure enough, Kentucky played right. a fantastic game. Probably the best. Uh, defensive game that I've seen from Kentucky all year. And I don't watch every Kentucky game, but I try to catch as many as I can. And, and i got to tell you, that's the one thing that, that I think have, they have improved on. If they can keep that level up. Now, obviously, Louisville has improved leaps and bounds defensively since earlier in the year when they played Kentucky. But I was impressed by the way Louisville, I'm sorry, by the way Kentucky matched up with Wichita and switched uh, to the open man and didn't allow Wichita to have those open shooters nearly as often as Wichita was normally capable of doing so. Well, you know, they did to a point. Uh, however, Wichita is a very, very good team. I mean, you don't need to tell uh, Rick Pitino and that Louisville squad that. Uh, Wichita is a very good team. Kentucky, they were able to switch up. They were able to match up. Uh, but Wichita has some seriously talented players. And, uh, you know, that made it uh, that made it difficult because – you know, they were able to knock down threes, knock down crucial twos. And, uh, you know, that's something that's a, a lost art in college basketball is, you know, every once in a while, Wichita was able to knock down that crucial two. It doesn't have to be a three, a crucial two uh, to make uh, to make the game uh, the way it was. So, you know, th- that was an exciting game. Uh, but the one thing about uh, the University of Kentucky, they have to get over that and move on. Uh, they've got to understand that, this is going to be just as much of a game as they had uh, last Sunday. Now, for all the new listeners uh, that are listening at home, maybe for the first time, Louisville versus Kentucky, this is the Red versus Blue show, and it's a, it's a, it's a story of one Louisville fan, one Kentucky fan getting together and, and getting it, taking it to the airwaves and, and talking sports, fantasy sports, some of the things that we love to talk about on, an, on a normal basis. But for those that are listening at home that maybe haven't tuned in Red versus Blue before, what, you know, what was it, five years ago we were talking and, and we were like, man, on the Louisville, way to Chicago. Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky was not really on the national radar at that point. I mean, no. it, when you think about it, Louisville had a Final Four appearance. No. Kentucky didn't really yet have – they didn't have Calipari. They just went through the Gillespie era. And to see this kind of all coming together now, since we've we've been doing this, fun, it's my it's 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 fun, Mike. And eighty three, yeah. right now, some people have been taking offense to me calling it the dream game, and I, I hear you. There's only one real true dream game. Nineteen eighty three, it had been a a twenty. What was it? How many like twenty five year hiatus since fifty nine since think, they had played before. Yeah. Uh, so that was the dream game. This is a rivalry I, game. Yes, I, you know what? As a Kentucky fan, and I, you know, I believe blue is as much as anybody else that's that's a real Kentucky fan. But if you're a real Kentucky fan, 1983 was a real dream game. I'll never forget it. Uh, Louisville won that game, but that was the real dream game. Uh, now it's become a rivalry, and I want to see this rivalry. You know, I I appreciate Duke, Carolina. I really do. But I want to see this rivalry continue to build and build and build. Two years ago in the Final Four, that was awesome. 
of course, I would say that with Kentucky winning, but I'm talking from a rivalry standpoint. That was awesome. Last year, Louisville won the national championship. Now we're talking. This year, Kentucky and Louisville going head-to-head again. Man, the rivalry is building, and it's making Kentucky and Louisville beat out Duke and North Carolina. Sorry for all you Duke and North Carolina fans, but I'm sorry. Kentucky, Louisville is the best rivalry. Let's talk about the appreciation factor. Card Chronicle had a great uh, story on this earlier today, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, Mike Rutherford and the guys over at Card Chronicle do a great job of of being a Louisville fan and, and putting that into words, into print. And they said something today in talking about the appreciation factor of why UK fans should respect Rick Pitino, why U of L fans should respect Calipari, and and I and I wanted to get your oh. take on this, Mike, because. They talked about Patino coming to UK, becoming the powerhouse that they became, but he came into a terrible situation after the recruiting scandal from Eddie Sutton. He led Kentucky to an Elite Eight in the third year, a Final Four in his fourth, a championship in the seventh year, and and then another championship right. appearance in his final year at the school. Who knows where they would be today if it weren't for Patino coming in and coaching and winning uh, the fast breaks and the pressing, just everything that he brought. Now, they brought up Louisville fans appreciating Calipari. Now, that was a little hard for me to understand, but when I read it, it started to make a little bit of sense to me. It, Calipari coming to Kentucky uh, sort of lit a fire into Rick because there were a lot of doubters of, of Rick that he, did he still have. So, yeah, I think it raised the bar for the entire region. And so with, with all the personal issues going around and surrounding Rick, rejuvenated is the word that comes to mind when you talk about what – Calipari brought to the Louisville Cardinal fan base. Yeah, no question about it, Scott. And when they, uh, you know, when a lot of people talk about uh, Rick Pitino and John Calipari's relationship, uh, I'll put that in quotes, uh, you know, it's, they have a good relationship. I heard Rick Pitino, he was so prophetic. Uh, uh, It was uh, on Wednesday. I mean, just awesome about the way he talked about the fact that we're friends. We're friends. Uh, what you guys perceive is not reality. You know, Rick Patino put it so perfect. And, and, you know, there's so much perception about Patino, Calipari, Patino, Calipari. They're friends, man. But they're competitors. They're, they're big-time competitors. And I think each one of them will raise the bar for the other at the same time. And, and that's what you want in, in a business like this. And let's face it, I'm sorry. But it is a business. But each one of them wants to raise the bar for the other person and, you know, make their university the best in the Commonwealth. This is the the Red versus Blue show. And tonight we really go Red versus Blue as Louisville takes on Kentucky in the Midwest uh, semifinal here right before. And, and then one of the teams are going to be facing Miami or Tennessee. And let's face it, Mike, one of us is going to be pretty uh, upbeat after tonight and the other is going to be – fairly disappointed no matter the outcome uh on the losing side you're going to be disappointed you can have respect for the year and the season but these this type of game for me when it when it comes time for a louisville kentucky game i usually don't enjoy the game itself it's usually such a because first of all they're always back and forth and nail-biting games right very rarely do they ever get out of hand i remember a couple in the history you know that we've 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 seen and but most of the time it's just such a nail-biting just gritty game where every possession means the world and I just I, I, I think I have to start drinking like right after this show 
I'm going to go get grab some food with the family, and then right after that, I'm going to crack open my first beer. And and what what is your routine like tonight? And what if, what if, what? How do you handle this type of game? Okay, well, first off, uh, you know, I just did some uh, things I needed to get done today, and then I'm going to uh, get ready to have a couple beers, and I'm going to fix uh, fix a nice little dinner. Believe it or not, <laughs> I'm going to fix uh, fix something to eat, and then come seven o'clock. Uh, I'm all in. I'm going to uh, have some beer, and uh, I'm going to watch a game with some friends and uh, just not not put too much pressure on anybody or any on myself or anybody. Just enjoy the game. Got to remember, we're kids. They're, they're kids we're talking about, and uh, just, just watch them have fun. That's what I want to see. Well, look, there's always fans on both sides that don't really handle the spotlight too well. And we try to bring a little bit of balance to that. We do have at least respect for, for both of the programs. And, and tonight, it's, look, it's the best rivalry in college, in college basketball. I won't, I won't compare it to college football. That's unfair. Football is a different world in the South, and especially right. I can go into lots of those. But for college basketball, right now, Mikey, we've done it. Yeah. Louisville, Kentucky yeah. is the best rivalry. It's by far better than Duke, North Carolina, with all due respect. It means more to uh, Louisville and Kentucky, and, and granted, because of the success factors of both schools recently, this That's is a it. bigger game. Yeah. So yes. let's and, talk about the game. And, Go ahead, Mike. One, one last thought. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. just real quick, Scott. Uh, I just want to, uh, you know, you brought it up a few minutes ago, and I want everybody to understand, when, uh, when Scott and I were going to uh, Chicago, um, one of the first uh, high-stakes leagues, Yep. in fantasy football that I've been in, uh, the NFFC. Yep. Uh, Scott and I were going there, and, you know, you guys may have heard this story before, but, uh, you know, it, it was just Scott asked me a question about, you know, what do you want to do? You want to do, I mean, what's your passion? What? And, you know, I brought yep. up uh, things that I've done in the past about uh, yep. broadcasting, exactly. And uh, so this, were, this is where Red versus Blue came about, and uh, – it's, it's evolved into one of the most fantastic shows, in my opinion, thanks to Scott and what he does and the effort that he puts through uh, for high-stakes fantasy football. So you guys listening out there, I mean, really, I mean, this guy does a great job, and I'm, I'm just a pleasure to be around it, pleasure to be able to do it every Friday night, normally at 11, but today at 3. So I just want to thank you, Scott, and uh, we'll get back to uh, Kentucky and Louisville and uh, – that's right. Yeah, bro. Hey, but no, I do appreciate the history lesson. But to be honest with you, it kind of started. It wouldn't have started if it wasn't for fantasy football. We worked together, but we played in a fantasy football league together and had so much fun when you made this prediction. And the thing is, I'm thinking about should I show mercy on you? Should I start Benson and show mercy, or should I start Terrain and really just hammer you down? I don't know what to do. I I don't know. Part of me feels like mercy. Part of me feels like, eh, go ahead and start this and then just win by ten, twelve points. You think you think you're gonna you think you're gonna beat me? <laughs> no, I know I will. <laughs> that, that's where it started uh, here at the Red versus Blue Studios. The oh, uh, the bold <laughs> prediction that he was gonna win the uh, the playoff game, which it didn't come to fruition. But you have had some good years, and then the Red versus Blue show started. It started to take off when it came to light about the buzzer meter. I mean, look, Friday nights 
Oh, Mike, yeah. You know, I'm asking Mike to do a podcast, and this podcast we used to do at 11, right? We used to do the podcast right. at 11 o'clock on a Friday night, and thus the buzzometer was formed. <laughs> and when Mike and, and look when you when you get when you get out of hand and you started rambling a little bit, you know the buzzometer would just kind of come on and, and that kind of uh, made things fun. But look, this is fun. Let's break down this game, Mike. Uh, last game. All right, let's uh, do it. I pulled up the box score here uh, from the last game, and Kentucky shot 43% last game, Louisville to 39.7. It was not a good shooting night for, for Louisville. Luke Hancock, 3 of 11, 2 of 8 from behind the arc. Uh, Russ Smith, 7 of 20, and 0 of 5 from behind the three-point line. And free throws were atrocious, 14 of 22, 63%. Actually, they were bad for both teams. Kentucky, 16 of 30 at 53%. Uh, both teams shooting better now, Mike, as of late. Who wins the shooting game today? I think Kentucky does. Uh, the reason that I don't think there's going to be any difference is because of the size. Uh, the guard size of the Harrison Twins, uh, the guard size of uh, James Young, it's too much for Russ Smith. Russ Smith is a fantastic player. Uh, that's why he's going to be a wooden finalist, and I hope he wins that thing. Uh, but the size is too much. Russ Smith is 6'1". Um, bottom level, uh, Harrison Twins are 6'5". It doesn't matter who uh, guards him, but he's going to have a tough time, again, uh, making that shot. Yeah, look, if, the, if Kentucky wins, not only do the Cats have a real shot at realizing that preseason ranking that they had, but it, it turns into a complete inability of good Louisville teams to be able to beat UK. All right. If Louisville wins a uh, big blue nation, you guys, you're still going to cling to the five and two record against U of L and with Calipari. Um, but the Cardinals will have a lot more oh, momentum. Oh. shooting. Sh- shooting has a lot to do with this game more so than I think anything else. And, and I was talking to my dad before this show and he's obviously a big Cardinal fan knows the cards in and out. And he said, Look, all the other things aside, all the big men on their side, big men on our side, it comes down to our guards running up and down that floor and pushing the pace, pushing the tempo, keeping it up. Huh. Kentucky, that, that, talk, about, talk about Kentucky's ability to keep up the tempo. That's very interesting, Scott. I just wrote down uh, two words. Uh, I wrote down transition and turnovers. Those are the two things that's going to be very, very difficult for Kentucky to uh, match with Louisville. Transition. I'm not talking about necessarily uh, Louisville's offensive transition. It's going to coincide with Kentucky's defensive transition after a made basket because Louisville's going to go, and Kentucky better be ready because if they're not, Louisville's going to match them one after another, and next thing you know, Louisville's going to go – I mean, uh, they will go off in spurts of 10-2, to 12-2, 14-2, things like that, turnovers. Turnovers are huge. What creates turnovers? The way Louisville plays ball. That creates turnovers. Yeah, so we have uh, a couple of guys, you know, we, everybody knows that Russ Smith will be heavily involved uh, in pushing the pace. Terry Rozier is a player that I can't wait for this kid to get a bigger opportunity next year once yeah. Russ Smith, you know, is, is on to the NBA. And 
Chris Jones is a, is, a, is a player that, look, sometimes he can drive me crazy, but I really appreciate having a Chris Jones on our team, the way he can yeah. stop and start and uh, take, take those shots and push the pace. Another player that I'm really thankful that Patino was able to grab this year uh, because he was the wasn't he was the highest rated uh, trans JUCO in the in the country right I mean so it was a it was a it was yeah. a it was a grab to get him and then obviously Luke Hancock uh, his ability to uh, penetrate he can he can also push he's very hard to defend uh, with his size and his acumen his ability to just be able to you know put Thanks. himself in the right position very very good yeah. now, and they've been talking about this experience factor quite a bit in this game and I'm not so sure I buy that. Because experience is great and all, but Kentucky's had a year to play with each other. All year they play yeah. with each other. That's a lot of basketball to get to know each other. So who's the real leader on this team? I mean, Randall is the, the stat leader. Is he the, is he the leader in the locker room? Is he the leader that everybody looks up to because he's the big NBA target? Is he that guy? Or is, yeah. is maybe one of the sophomores the leader? No, I, I think uh, honestly, I think Randall is a big leader, and I think Poitras is a uh, hidden leader. Uh, I think I think Poitras is the one that uh, pretty much is, comes off the bench, and but while he's on the bench, he's just pretty much, you know, giving these guys the juice and saying, "Hey, man, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that." But uh, you know, it, it's one thing about this game. I'm going to kind of switch gears real quick, Scott. Uh, is I'm looking at both teams that play the matchup zone every once in a while. Not very much, but every once in a while they play a matchup zone. And what I see out of both teams is they have the ability to give up the three. Now, if Kentucky wants to try this matchup zone, if Hancock is in the game, that's a recipe for disaster because Hancock is going to drain them left and right. If Louisville wants to try a matchup zone, that that frees up James Young, so I, you know I, there's going to be different scenarios that's going to be played out throughout the game, but watch out for when these guys uh, Calipari and Patino try to do a matchup zone. Yeah, I don't I don't know exactly how that's going to uh, you know get thrown down. I do know this that I, the the Louisville entire defensive team you have to make. Yeah, you you can hit open shots. The Harrison the Harrison guys, the brothers, they they've proven they can hit open shots right now. I don't think that Wichita State is played as good of defense as Louisville can do on them tonight. I I, I watched the game and I love Wichita and I think Wichita has, I mean, some of the best playmakers in, in uh, Clay Anthony Early is just an. I was watching that game and as much respect for I, that I had for that head coach. Well, I don't even know his name, Wichita State's head coach, but I had a lot of respect for him because obviously they, he led him to the Final Four last year, led him to an undefeated season this year, and I'm like, man, that coach is good. But when I watch Clay Anthony early play and their point guard that I can't remember wow. his name either, I said to myself, yeah. well, no wonder you're undefeated, dude. <laughs> this Clay Anthony yeah. early is going to be one of the best players to come, lottery picks to be in the, going to the NBA next year. I mean, unbelievable, yeah. n- n- never say die attitude. But one thing. They were able to hit open shots. They weren't really those those Harrison shots were open. That's not going to happen yeah. today. I really think the Louisville defense is going to be better than that. So it goes back to I, it goes back to inside guys. Randall, yes, Poitras, Collie Stein, 
all these guys dominating the paint. If they can dominate the paint on Montrez Harrell, even Van Trees, and Mathiang, then the game is going to be written for Kentucky tonight. But if Louisville can hold their own and not get destroyed underneath and push enough pace with those guards and shooters, it could be Louisville's game. It's going to be very interesting before we make our prediction. Well, well, real quick, Scott, uh, you know, let's face it. Johnson, Dakari Johnson, uh, Willie Collins sign yep. are going up against Montrez Harrell. Let's face it. So yep. that's two against one. That's ten fouls versus five. If Kentucky shoots more than, I would say, 12 three-pointers in this game, mark it down. If they shoot more than 12 three-pointers, Kentucky loses. Hmm. There is no reason why they need to shoot the three. They need to dribble, drive. They need to go in, go in, and keep going in. Yeah, they shot 14 three-pointers the the game before. Louisville shot 26 three-pointers. Uh, and that's what Kentucky wants. And that and that can't happen again. You really you really can't. Not with the evolution of Mangok right. Mathiang with Montrez Harrell. Uh, and, and Stephen Vantries, he's not an offensive weapon, but he knows uh, how to, he just needs to play his. He needs to play his defense here in this type of game. He's going right. to be very important. The other issue that's kind of been the, uh, you know, something that you know nobody really wants to talk about. By the way, this is an unre- unscripted, unrehearsed, raw, type of show. But this story may not be all red versus blue. Tonight's story may be more black and white, if you get my drift. Oh, he did go there. Referees may have uh, uh, something to do with this game. Uh, Now, you've heard all of the the stories and and things that are out there with with Calipari requesting certain referees to be part of the game and, and that kind of getting shot down. But having said that, how tightly they call this game. Unwith, not without scandal, Mike, how tightly they called this game would seem to favor Kentucky versus over Louisville. If they let them play, I think it, I think it favors more Louisville. What do you say to that? Is that a, is that a good assessment of, of the, the, the ability and the play that these two teams have? Absolutely. If they let them play, that favors Louisville. No question about it. Uh, Kentucky scout team players, you know, they were given uh, freedom this week to foul their starters almost as much as they wanted. The only rule was simple, just don't hurt anybody. Yeah. Because that's because Louisville will get physical on purpose. Anytime Louisville takes the floor, they foul on every play. Tino's okay with it. Yeah. If you remember – the cards jumped out to an 8-0 lead, and then Wayne Blackshear got tagged with two quick personals. Uh, and that changed the game for Louisville. They, you know, uh, it was the rebounding two minutes into the game in a span of 39 seconds. Blackshear was rung up with two personal fouls, and he had to go to the bench in a span of 39 well, the- seconds, less than two minutes into the game. So this will be very interesting to see how this plays out, what really matters you know, with with how tightly they call this game, it, you know, Scott, it can be. But the bottom line, the cut and simple: the referees in any sport that I've ever been involved with, they better be consistent. So, for instance, the first uh, the first four minute timeout, say sixteen at the sixteen point, four minutes into the game, 
you better have consistency. From that point on, it better be consistent. If they're going to call it tight, so be it. If they're going to let, let them play a little bit, so be it. Doesn't matter. I just want consistency. We're getting down to the final minutes of the show here tonight. Uh, let's not forget what truly matters here in the bluegrass. Final fours in NCAA titles. This game is important, but final fours in NCAA titles are how we judge the rivalry. And since Calipari has been UK's coach, Kentucky and Louisville have been to the same amount of final fours, two, and won the same amount of NCAA titles, one. When it comes to what really matters in the Calipari era, we're dead even. Tonight's game may change that up, Mikey. So your prediction, 90 seconds to go. Uh, wow. Uh, real quick, uh, you know, I'm going to predict a very low-scoring game, actually. Uh, 68 to 64, Kentucky. 68 to 64, Kentucky. And I'm going the other way, of course. 72 to 66, Louisville. 72 to, so we're very close. I don't know what's the over under. I know the spread was at four, right? The move? Spread's four. Yeah, spread okay, four spread's still. Four. And we'll, we'll get the and over under. And the over and under was like 133, I believe. I don't, I don't have okay. it up on me right now. I believe it was like 133. Well, we're both right there. Mike, it's been a, it's been a blast this year. We'll definitely Thanks be back lot, next man. Friday night at our normal time at 9 o'clock. Enjoy the game. Tell Rachel we said hi. Uh, this is, we'll is going to be a blast, Mike. This is why we do this show. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys, and, and good luck to both teams tonight, the Dream Game. Yeah, absolutely. Same here, Scott. Appreciate it, man. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.